FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Stay tuned for more info about a Pulpamex discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsor links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, let's get to the first guest of the night. Brought to you by Guts Racing, Mr. Connor Olson. What's up, Connor? What's going on, Darkside? Not a lot, dude. So, uh, first of all, for people that know, you are on Instagram at CEO600, and you uh, work for WPS with uh, Alpine Stars. Kind of tell us what you do. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm an Alpine Stars employee. I'm a uh, my job title is a dealer developer, but I basically go and travel around the country and go into dealers with reps, um, with the Western Power Sports reps, and I help teach um, the dealerships as well as the reps and everyone else and kind of about our product, and our new stuff and programs and sort of that whole deal. So a lot of traveling and a lot of talking. Awesome, and you are also the Easy Up guy, and we're going to get to that. Um, and then another thing that I did not realize until we were talking off air a minute ago, you were also the one of the first guys to get to me at Cycle Ranch when uh, Damon's Bradshaw's bike decided to punt me. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit also. Uh, I do want yeah. to introduce our next guest brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, Mr. Justin Jennings from WPS. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on, Darkside? How are you? 
Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm excited about this show. I always enjoy doing this, but having a couple, you know, fellow WPS guys. Well, I'm not a WPS guy, but I'm a fly sponsored athlete, almost like Steve Mathis. So I love having you guys on. And Justin, uh, you are uh, you you came up with the idea to give away a fly kinetic mesh jersey with somebody's name and number on it. Uh, I, w- I appreciate that. We've got a. You want you tell everybody how we're going to do that. We talked about it, and I like your idea. Yeah, I man, I'm really excited. I just wanted to do something for your listeners, and I think it'd be really neat. Um, so we're going to do a fly jersey kinetic mesh of their choice, um, and then we also are going to throw a name and number on the back from Viral Moto. Um, they are a local company here in Nashville, and we're going to get them hooked up, looking good. And then uh, what they're going to have to do is go to this, grab this show episode, post it, and then tag you, and then you get the pleasure of picking your uh, your favorite Instagrammer, and uh, we'll get that shipped out to them and get them hooked up and looking good. Yeah. So what I was thinking is, let's who, listeners, you know, post a picture of you riding, just a picture of you on a motorcycle on Instagram. Tag me and tag this show number, which is it's the wrap up show for episode four twenty eight, which we're going to get to that. Uh, and yeah, we'll attack fly racing too, just because they're badass. But and we'll pick a winner. Let's give them. Uh, you want to give them two weeks? You think, Justin, or do you want to do that sooner? Uh, I'll leave it in your hands. Whatever you think best. Um, you know, if you want to do before the next show, maybe. Um, well, and we'll do that. Yeah, I, I probably so. may get clipped for this right here, but I haven't told Steve yet. But I won't be able to do a show next week because I'm actually taking my family on okay. a vacation. So. Um, okay. So let's do. Let's but do yeah, two let's weeks. Run, let's run, Let's do it till next Monday. Next Monday. Okay, yeah. So the, the, or, yeah, week. So next, what's today? Thursday. So yeah, next Friday. By next Friday. All right. Next. Okay. Next Friday. By Friday of next week, tag a, post a picture yeah. on Instagram of you riding. Tag myself at DarksideMX3. Uh, tag the show number four twenty eight, and we'll pick a winner for a brand new fly kinetic mesh jersey with your name and number. And if super fan Eli super fan Dylan wins it, do you think he goes and it puts Tomac on the back, even though he's not a fly rider? I mean. I, how how much of a fan do you think Eli uh, Dylan is, Justin? Man, man if he uh, if he wants a Tomac, he's gonna be a little a little depressed because I don't have that font. That's now if I start own font, so yeah, gonna have to let him down on that one. He's gonna be a little bummed. We can't get that Tomac with the big three on the back. Yeah, maybe Connor could help us out on side on that. But anyway, all right, we're here tonight to talk about uh, show number four twenty eight, which. Guys, this was the second show from Salt Lake City, but it, to me it feels like they've been there for over a month. A um, lot of great people on this week. Obviously, Jason Thomas, as usual. Uh, Daniel Blair's on again. But Dave J- uh, Janoffi, Justin, uh, Jer- Jeremy Martin, Dave Prater, and Nick Way, who is my favorite guest of the night. Uh, Connor, a great episode. You guys kind of both talked about the vibes in our texts about the shows up there. What do you think about them so far? There's only been two really pulp shows, but man, they're they're different. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I mean we all kind of talked about it, but I think them kind of being stuck there together is is getting that that vibe of like their actual friendship. Like they they all see each other on the weekends and like hang out and stuff. But like getting them all together, stuck in one place, which to us all seems like they've been there for a month and probably longer. It seems like to them. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it definitely seems like it's just a group of buddies sitting around the fire or just shooting the shit and, and talking bench racing and stuff. So the, the whole, the vibe and like, they've been getting a bunch of their, their good buddies on like Nick and, and, uh, Daniel and having the, the kind of the, the friendship of part of it rather than just like the guest of the week or whatever. It's definitely been a, it's, it's been an interesting couple of shows for sure. 
Yeah, Justin, I, I totally agree with what Connor just said. Uh, I mean, I think all the shows always feel like like they're, they're buddies, right? Most of the people on the show are buddies, and if, it feels like bench racing with your buddies. But this one does feel a little more personal with the, the way they've been with the, uh, the hosts and the, the guests in studio or whatever, in the undisclosed location. But I personally, honestly, I don't like not having callers. I don't like not having the video. Uh, and I had said a couple weeks ago that I hate the voicemail segment, but I'm even missing that. Like, there's just no fan interaction right now. But what do you think? Um, I'm 50-50, kind of. Like, cause sometimes, you know, the callers call in, and you're like, man, like, I uh, get to the point. Like, you know, Steve even sometimes has to hang up on them because they just ramble on. Um, but sometimes there's some callers that, you know, hit some good points and, and give you some good information. But um, as far as you go back to the vibes, I mean, those guys are just having great chemistry right now. Like, the shows are fun. It seems like they're having fun a little bit, you know, just kind of doing what they love to do without having to worry about other stuff as far as, you know, traveling or whatnot. You know, Steve usually likes to complain about how much stuff costs him and whatnot. So now he's got employees, or not employees, but people coming in at no charge probably. That's true. They're right there down the street. So good point. He's probably loving life right now. Yeah, good point. I didn't even, I actually didn't even consider that. Um, all right, so guys, intro of the show, a few things go down. Um, you know, the, we, we find out that the Red Bull Moto Spy guys are in studio, and uh, Connor, Steve, you know, like – calls it the red bull supercross show says he's only watched it one time uh, i i tend to believe that's probably joking but typical steve um good stuff right there and then also i think we find that you well, we've known this for a while but the, the pc pc cleanup shop cleanup video it's gone i think they've given up a couple of little things that happened in the intro yeah, it, uh, it's always funny. I, I always laugh at Steve trying to pronounce, like, anything. Sometimes <laughs> he just gets on a tangent and just, like, messes up and just sticks with it. And that, actually, that, that's funny because Justin does that a lot, too. But um, I do. The, the Red Bull Moto Spy thing, like, yeah, that's, I, it sounds like maybe one of those guys has that footage, and that's why he keeps, like, harping on it. I think it's the guy that did this Finding Stu video. I can't remember what they called him, what his name was, or his nickname or whatever. I thought... Yeah, they mentioned that. Yeah. I think it was that guy. That's Steve. Because Steve said uh, maybe last week or with one of the shows, there's so many going on right now with the review shows and Fly Moto 60 show, but he had mentioned like that guy, he'd never use that guy again. So I think, I really think it's somebody, I feel like it's that guy that did the Finding Stu and the, the basically that tie has been broken. Um what do you think, Justin? Do you agree, or did you gather something else? Um, I'm not sure exactly who did the who did the finding too, but I will say like those Moto Spy shows are awesome. Yes, um, those things are really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like Steve likes to give those Verb guys <laughs> and that Moto those yes. guys some, some grief about yeah Verb West and those guys some grief about Verb Moto and the amateur because we all know Steve loves amateur stuff. Um, so <laughs> it's pretty funny to hear him kind of you know speak to those guys and give them some grief. Yeah, and they, uh, I, it wasn't Wes that was in studio. I, I forget who he said was in there, but you could kind of hear him in the background, like, and they discussed the fact that, hey, they, want some, they don't want so much bench racing. They want them to talk about the race, right, the leaders. They, want, they need some sound bites yeah. about Cooper Webb battling with Roxon, and Steve's like, hey, man, this is the show. You know, we're we're going to do it our way, and <laughs> we're going to bench race. Um, also in the early whole bunch of e-bike talks. Yes, yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Tomac, uh, you know, climb again. I've listened to so many pods. I know some of the stuff was from other podcasts. I think the review show they talked about John Tomac and the mountain biking, or maybe that was. 
hell, I don't even remember what show that was, but so much stuff going on. Um, we also a big part of the discussion was Roxon. Um, Justin, yep. Roxon's having issues. You know, Steve brings up the fact that hey, uh, you know, Japan can't be happy right now. They've got to be frustrated writing these big checks. And he's like, "What's he gonna do?" Right? I mean, Steve's clearly concerned with going what's going on with Roxon. He kind of speculates a little bit about maybe it's still the same stuff he's been dealing with. A lot of discussion on Roxon. Uh, everybody kind of has their own opinions. What'd you gather from it? What'd you think about the Roxon discussion? Uh, I thought it was really cool, um, just because you know it's one of those things where you don't really know, and you get a few speculations, but they're kind of trying to dial it in and get that information. Which that's what I really like about Steve is. He's not afraid to, like, just break the door down and say, I'm here. So, um, you know, JT made a good point, too. It's like Honda probably knows what's going on. You know, these guys are paying millions of dollars to Kenny. So you can't be paying somebody millions of dollars and just saying, hey, how are you doing today? Right. You no, know, like, we need answers. Like, what's going on? Like, okay, what specialist do we need to send, send you to? What do we need to do to get you at, a, at 100%? And, uh, you know, it's funny because he was the only – Person that I thought I could be wrong, but he, him, and Brayton were the only two that flew private to uh, Salt Lake right. when all this started. So um, I think he's just still fighting a lot of issues. And my opinion is it's kind of funny how this came out after he didn't ride that well. Yep. So if he did ride decent, do you think that that post that he made would even came out? No. So <laughs> I don't. Um, that was my my opinion. So I could be wrong, but Kenny's an amazing rider. Connor, I or you could never do what Kenny does, but <laughs> it is a bummer to see him not be at a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I failed to mention at the beginning of this thing that you guys are pretty tight. You're good buddies, so hopefully we're going to get some ball busting. I've already heard a couple little uh, jab jabs, so that's going to be good. Let, real quick, just how do you guys know each other, Connor? How'd you guys meet? Just industry? Um, so yeah, just industry stuff. We uh, we both actually used to work for Fox, and then. Moving into um, never heard of it. Just Justin going yeah me neither <laughs> me neither. Uh, but going into the Western side, uh, Justin's been there I think I don't know, four or five years or whatever you've been there. So um, when yeah, I got this job, I started working with them. So it's um, yeah, just industry stuff. Just FYI, the correct answer would have been we met through the Pulp, Pulp Network as Pulp fans. Uh, you know, the Pulp Nation brought us together. But really, Justin, how long? Like, what is your history with Pulp? How long have you been listening? How'd you discover it? Um, I've been listening for a little while. I probably got more into it when I started becoming a rep and traveling a lot more. Um, so that's probably would have been 2015. Uh, a couple other reps did the same thing. You know, it's a good way for us to pass the time when we're sitting in a car for two, three, four hours at a time. So it makes the day go by faster. Um, there's some stuff that I really would like to go back into the archives and listen to. But as far as becoming a, a pulp listener and, and getting into it, I probably would say probably about 2015 when I became a rep. Okay. Uh, how about you, Connor? Um, I started, uh, I, I, my first pulp show I actually listened to was the one with Ronnie Stewart on that TV was just yelling at him, telling him to quit. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, I had to, my old boss at the time was listening to him and uh, kept telling me about it and telling me about it. And pretty much right when I became a rep, when I just started driving a ton, like there's only so much music in the world. Um, so pop the time, especially when Steve puts out like 20 hours of content a week, like it makes time pass a lot better and sitting in traffic through LA or through all these big cities, um, music just makes my real grades worse. So having a <laughs> podcast to listen to and 
Steve Mathis's soothing voice is uh, it, it just calms me down. All right. Well, cool. That's that's good history. Um, back to the yeah, rocks and funny th- story. What's that? Oh, go ahead. No, finish. I was uh, actually have a. I was going to have a funny story. Like the, I was uh, when I first became a rep, I was living in Indiana, and we went to tornado. Uh, tornado got Toronto Supercross. I can't talk today. Um, and I was like a little fangirl. I wanted to meet Steve because like his podcast. Were, you know, like I was just getting into it. Yeah. So I waited around like 15 minutes down the tunnel and got a picture of Steve, and I still have it. And I'm like, yeah. It's just funny, like. You know, when you're getting new to the industry, you're like you kind of get all excited, and as you get on with the industry, you kind of grow out of that. But it was just pretty funny, like to be a little excited to meet Steve. Uh, But now it's like, yeah, damn it, Steve. (laughs) I was the same way. I think it was uh, 16 or 17, and and I met him at Dallas Arlington. um, Stood outside the PC rig for a while. He was talking to Mitch and Weege. I think we're both there and. Stood there for a while, and he came out and signed my, my Pulp MX shirt, and then like 10 minutes later, Kenny Watson circled where he signed it, crossed it out, and signed his name right next to it. So, yeah. That's I, awesome. I fanboyed out also. I, I get it. You know, so. Um, but, hey, I want to go back. We are talking about Kenny a minute ago, and <clears throat> I got off subject, but JT said something, uh, Connor, that I, I thought was pretty in-depth. You know, I didn't really think about this side of it, but he mentioned, you know, if, if – couple years ago when Roxon's going through all these injuries and having surgeries if the doctor had said hey you know right now we're trying to save your arm basically and you, it's a possibility that you may never ride again but two years from now three years from now you're going to be a top three guy maybe not the number one guy but you're gonna be a top three guy like he would have taken that 100 out of 100 times um actually pretty insightful just something I you know I didn't think about right because I'm just thinking about oh he's not doing well right now and I'm I'm thinking on the negative side and JT kind of turned it and uh, I, I like the way he's thinking. Yeah, for sure. He definitely had a, a good viewpoint on that. Definitely. All right. So anyway, episode four twenty eight. Something we also talked about with your notes and stuff was uh, so many stories and most of those revolved around the time that Nick Way was on. So I'm going to jump ahead to Nick Way getting on the show. It was towards the probably last two hours of the show that he came on. Uh, Justin, you mentioned in your notes some things he talked about, about uh, you know just the writers being unprepared. Talk about your thoughts on Nick Way and uh, all the things they got into. Yeah, Nick Way is always good when he's on. I try to make sure I listen to those episodes. Um, but he, he pointed out a good, you know, a good point with these writers and teams You know, back in whenever this this all hit March or early, yeah, late March, early April. These teams didn't know what was going to happen. You know, we heard rumors of motocross. We heard rumors of maybe Supercross. And we heard rumors, okay, Supercross is going to be in fall. And then we heard, you know, Supercross is going to uh, Glendale and Houston and St. Louis. So, like, everything was up in the air. There was a scramble. And uh, Nick pointed out a fact that these riders didn't know what was going on. You know, he mentioned some teams were even asking for their bikes back because they don't want to wear on parts because – Right now, when that all hit, you know, it's hard to get stuff from overseas. So, like, yep. Japan, the factory probably couldn't get them parts. It takes, even when these, the industry is at wide open at 100%, you know, for these teams to get stuff, it takes almost a month, if not longer, just to get parts when stuff is normal. So, um, you know, with our industry, mining Connors industry, we have a lot of uh, vendors that we deal with overseas, and it's really bad right now trying to get products from overseas. So these, these teams, I understand, they were probably worried about parts and and using parts that didn't need to be used if they weren't going to go racing till July. Um, but then again, you know, we saw what happened. They announced in May, we're going racing. Get your stuff together, get ready. And, uh, you know, for these athletes, it's it's tough when you get out, out of that routine, which I don't know how many were out of the routine, but 
you know, it's it's not a uh, not a fun job if you're doing it. Right. And, hey, when I Monday introduce, through Sunday. Yeah, when I introduced you earlier, I forgot to give your IG uh, handle. So Justin Jennings is at triple J five three three. You guys go follow him. Um, yeah, so Connor, again, I mentioned all the stories, right, uh, with Nick Way during that, his time on the show. Daniel Blair was in there. But, dude, there are so many. I have this long list, and I don't think I even wrote them all down. Give me your highlights of the Nick Way interview, and then I'll kind of maybe give you a couple of mine. Yeah, it's uh, it's always good, like like Justin just said, like having Nick on, like uh, especially Steve and Nick's relationship of them being mechanics and, like, Steve always just jabbing with the – the wins and the times that they either worked together or like worked against each other. But, uh, I was really, I really enjoyed when, uh, when Nick was talking about the, I don't remember what race it was, but he was, when he was getting interviewed by Aaron Bates and like he had something happen to his bike <laughs> and he didn't know what it was yet. And he was acting like, he's like, Oh yeah, I guess, uh, the chain fell off. And like the camera panned down to the chain and like, obviously we couldn't see him, but I could just imagine him like putting his arms up like, well, I don't know. Like you guys are filming the chain and, Definitely the chain's still on, so that was was definitely a good one. Yeah. um, You know, I was just thinking about this a minute ago, Justin, when you were talking just about him being a great guest or a co-host, basically. I don't typically, for some reason, I don't think about Nick Way. Just if I'm randomly going, who's my favorite guest? I pretty much always go to Chris Kiefer. But really, when I went back and listened to this segment a second time, it really set home how much I like Nick. I remember something he said on an old show where he, his quote was something along the lines of, I, I'm all, I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. And like that's one of my favorite quotes of all time now. Um, but some of the, this, the, the stories right uh, with him were like, uh, let's see here. Yeah, the Aaron Bates one, but telling Vincent, his son, you know, either win or, or run it into the billboards. Uh, you <laughs> that's know, awesome. I think all of you guys mentioned that in your notes, Justin, but... He he's just got yeah. this personality, and he's quick witted. He he responds quickly to comments, uh, joking with Steve about you know not knowing the fuel ratio, and Steve saying oh he'd freak out with dirty spokes. They they definitely have a tight bond, uh, as most of the guys do that come in as co-hosts. But uh, yeah, just how about you? Did you have a favorite story of the show? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just the way him and Nick, their chemistry is just. You know, it's so cool because they tell stories and they get to bench racing. And it's like, for us fans, like, we don't get to see that side of it. So it's really cool to hear them tell stories and and whatnot. And then my favorite story probably was when he, when Steve told the story about Nicole throwing the controller. You know, me and Connor, we play play Xbox together and my wife hates it. She gets on to me. And (laughs) and I sent that clip to her and she's like, she's like, I'm not there yet. But she's like, you never know. I just right. started laughing. So I thought that was pretty funny. I could uh, I could see see that happening when Steve was discussing it because it, it happens every night at my house when uh, we're all yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I had for actually forgotten about that story. Like I didn't even write that one in my notes. But uh, you you mentioned that, you know, we both kind of talked about their their bond and their relationship, and that's something that's great, Connor, with this show. And I say it all the time: is the relationship Steve has with these guys. You kind of when you're listening. And I always kind of go back to it reminds me of uh, Howard Stern's show where you feel like you're part of the family as a listener. Uh, you know, I've had the privilege of getting to know Steve a little bit. But even before that, right, I still felt like I know Chris Kiefer. I know uh, Kenny Watson. You know, when they're in there, I'm like, these are they're just dudes hanging out. They don't their superstar status almost kind of comes down a little bit. And you just feel like they're just another guy like us that loves talking about dirt bikes. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I agree with all of that too. Like I just from listening and how many shows he does, like listening to everything. And I mean, especially keeper, you hear about, uh, damn near everything that Chris does in and out of the bedroom and riding and everything too. But, um, it's like getting them. And it's, it's weird for me too, like getting to know these guys through a podcast. And then I moved to California, um, just under a year ago and I ride with Chris all the time. And like, I actually met Steve for the first time the day the easy up thing happened. So like, knowing so much about these guys and then meeting them for the first time and like they're kind of awkward because they just met you but <laughs> i've listened to podcasts and listened to you guys talk for days and days and days on end so yeah it's definitely a a weird kind of concept to grasp that we know so much about these guys and right they have no idea who we are yeah yeah so i'm going to get into the easy up thing in just a second since you just brought it up again but before i want to i want to wrap up the nick wade deal um, so a couple other stories that were told during the segment. I have to assume everybody's listened to the Pulp Show already. But um, just a couple th- – I'm going to mention these stories, then I'm going to give you guys a chance to respond. Um, RV and the, sa- uh, the safety fundraiser, uh, you know, basically they're at, he doesn't really seem to know where they're at. They're talking to some guys that are run- doing the safety fundraiser. And he's like, hey, let's go pound some beers before we go ride. Um, Steve hitting the whoops in St. Louis and then talking about his top 10 regrets of all times not doing not do, going out and not going out and opening ceremonies as Nick Way and he mentions that hey if any riders now want me to do it I'll do it and Nick Way very quickly responds with I'll even cover the deductible when he goes to the hospital basically <laughs> if if doing a transfer that that came up if he would do a transfer uh, and then they talked about Nick and AC and the guy staying up at uh Park City in Utah, where it's more expensive, and JT and Steve talked about, hey, we tried to get Weege to do this, but he's too too cheap, uh, which led into discussing him staying at IHOPs and Denny's instead of getting a room and staying the night, and Anton says, have you ever seen his hair walking through an airport? All this stuff, just fun, fun conversation, fun stories. Pretty much the whole time Nick Way was on, I laughed uh, Connor, I'm going to give you a chance. Where, did any of those stand out? or there, Did you have any uh, responses to any of those stories? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I think this whole segment, like you just said, like I was pretty much laughing the whole time. Yeah. Um, the RV one, like, totally makes sense. Like, I've gotten to meet him a few times in, like, off-record off settings and even in places where just like that, like, you would think maybe he would have looked around and thought of what he said, but he definitely doesn't care, which is awesome. I think that's why a lot of people like RV now. Yep. Um, but, yeah, kind of all of that was, like, the opening ceremony thing, I think that could easily still happen. I think Steve has enough close friends that are top ten in points or something that – and now with apparently this newfound um, relationship that Steve has with Feld and getting VIP stickers and stuff <laughs> or whatever's happening, like, I think that they can totally make that happen. I think – like I would come unglued if that happened. I think it would be hilarious. But I, you know, the percentage of people that actually listen to pulp, like we think everybody listens to pulp. But when you walk through the pits and, like, you know, I'm dealing with my show, the Moto X Pod Show, and trying to promote it. And I go through the and pass out stickers, and I ask people who listen to podcast. Very rarely do I get anybody in the pits to say yes, they listen. So I wonder uh, how many people in the stands would be like, "What the hell is going on?" I yeah. would love it. Pulp fans would love it. Um, but I, I wonder how many people would really figure it out. Um, Justin, how about you, man? Any of these stories just stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, that whole, whole segment was awesome. Like, 
could you imagine if we had RV, that RV in it for his whole career? It just would have oh. been awesome. Change um, history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would been it would have been crazy. Like he would have went down as the most like most like just. I don't even know. Like I'm speechless. Like you could, I can't even imagine what it would have been like if he was like that the whole time. Um, but the other thing too, that Anton made a pretty funny point, and I think he was talking about Stewart when uh, he's like, "Yeah, you can come out and do a nose wheelie." And uh, <laughs> yeah. I think in '05 or '04, Stewart did a nose wheelie in the opening ceremonies and went over the bars. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, that would be pretty funny. But when he said that, and Nick said a thousand bucks, and I think JT or somebody said they would give some money, I'm like. Man, if we started to go fund me, you know how fast I would raise money for Steve to go out and open oh. ceremonies. It would it surpass the Yamaha Privateer Fund probably in a, in a week. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, it would be. I mean, it would be huge. Like people would be like all about it. That guy has a talent of raising money, and I think if he posted saying, "Hey, opening <laughs> ceremonies, I'm going to go out. Anybody want to support this?" He would, you know, hit a, a mark that nobody would even think was realistic. Uh, I love the idea. I, I hope that it can happen. I I, I kind of think it's unlikely even with his newfound relationship with uh, Feld, but I would love to see it happen. Uh, hey, I want to thank our sponsors real quick. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company. So for the highest performance quality seat covers and foam, visit GutsRacing.com. And, of course, if you want the, uh, the Michelin bicycle tires, if you want the tires that Cam Zink and Sam Hill run, visit bike.michelin.com for details. Uh, in the opening, I haven't changed it yet. We mentioned a possible promo code coming. As of right now, Randy Richardson says just get them through motorsport.com, another one of the sponsors of the show. And you can also get Guts Racing seat covers there. And anything else you guys want as, to support the sponsors at Pulpamex, you can find at pulpamexshow.com. Click on the uh, sponsor cut links. And within that uh, page and that tab, there are sponsor links, discount codes. So support all the companies, including Fly Racing, that support Pulp Mex. And once again, I want to thank Justin for offering up the Fly Kinetic Mesh jersey we're going to give away. All right, Connor. So let's step back uh, a couple weeks to Glen Helen Raceway, and uh, you're you're trying to deal with an easy up. So give us give yeah. us a brief your your side <laughs> of it briefly. So. And Kiefer has beat this into the ground also, because um, I'm definitely on Chris's side and not on Steve's side at all. But I well, of course you are. ride all the time, and I set up an easy up all the time. I do it at events all the time. I do it by myself, up and down like it's easy. Just like you do, you do three of them or whatever you said you're yep. at the track. Like It's, it's nothing special. Um, but the funny part where, where I still laugh about this is like, I got there, I'm riding, like, I'm already riding, Chris and Steve show up, that was the first time I met Steve, um, like, we're sitting there riding, we're all bullshitting, and we're all sitting under the Easy Up at my van, like, sitting there under the Easy Up, and then I'm done, I'm taking all my stuff down, and I'm putting the Easy Up down, and Chris and Aiden just walk over and start helping, like, I didn't, I wasn't struggling, nothing was crazy, like, they just came over to help, and Steve was just sitting in the passenger seat of the van just on his phone. And I didn't know any of this happened until, like, two weeks after when I had friends hitting me up asking if it was me that caused all of this. <laughs> so I'm, I had to go back and listen to the show, and I was talking to Chris, and he's like, yeah, like, I walked up to Steve, and I was like, what the hell, dude? Like, you're just sitting in here and, like, didn't even want to help, and that, that started this whole thing. And and uh, I've talked to Chris about it, and I'm like, it, it's, it's, just, it's the courtesy of helping not that I was struggling or not that anyone needs the help. Obviously, yeah. you're going to help them if they need it, but if they 
if they don't, it's just a helping hand, and and it's just uh, it's led to this amazing Instagram stories that I see all the time. Like I even saw one today. Someone was like walking with an easy up and tagged Chris and Steve, and it still just Stay. makes me laugh every single yeah. time now. Well, okay, so at you, that was the day you met Steve for the first time, you said, correct? Yeah. <clears throat> so did you guys get to a point where you actually had a, a bit of a conversation? I mean, how was he? He was good. Like, nothing, I mean, nothing crazy. We were kind of like, and it, it was there with Chris, and, like, I have a good enough relationship with Chris now that, like, I ride with him all the time. Like, they know me well enough. Mm-hmm. So we're all sitting there, and Aiden's there. We're all just bullshitting, talking about the track, and, like, almost Steve stuff like he's talking about Glen Helen and how it's too rough and he wants to ride Western with no one there and it's prep like personal prep day for him and um, he was out there doing like 20 something minute motos and like crushing it on the track and then yeah it was uh, it was weird to talk like to hear his voice like and look and see him sitting there rather than just like in a podcast but it's kind of just like the exact same way as when I met Keith for the first time like I feel like I know the guy, yep. and he's the exact same as he is on, on all of the podcasts and everything. Like, he's the same person. I felt that way with Steve, too. Yeah, I, I tell people, uh, like, Chris is definitely the same person. Um, Steve is not quite as ball-busting, at least with me, in real life. He's pretty cool. He's always, you know, he's he's cool on the show, too, even though he gives me a lot of shit, but... He's a little little different, and he's been. I've told people that he's very. He's been very helpful with me and what I do in my podcast. Even though, like on his show, he says he doesn't like me mentioning uh, the Moto X Pod show, but he has given me a ton of help. Even down to the point where he told me like I should use FaceTime for video or for audio, and I I'm, I saw a droid. He's like, "Well, I'll send you a phone." Like he had an old iPhone. He was going to send me one of his old iPhones. So uh, sorry to kind of pull the rug out from under you know steve he's actually a pretty damn nice guy justin have you met yeah. steve just that one time in uh toronto oh yeah, yeah you mentioned that right no. okay so yeah when, yeah just that one time but it's like you guys said it's you feel like you know him like you know you yeah. feel like when you go to the track and you see him you can go up and just talk to him and you've known him for so long but um he seems like he's kind of like that father figure to you like if he's not picking on you or uh <laughs> doing stuff to you then you get then that's when you get worried right that's kind of true it's true um hey i want to mention like you guys both work for wps and justin which is why we're giving away the fly kinetic mesh jersey um wps fly racing a huge huge sponsor of almost most of the things that pulp does uh he's got another gear company that helps out with one of the shows but we'll skip over that um you guys have a uh, a big event coming up with one of Steve's all-time favorite riders, Damon Bradshaw, here uh, pretty soon. Uh, I guess we can tie that into Pulp Nation so we can get some Pulp fans out there, hopefully. Why don't you just talk about what's going on? Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so we have an event at the end of the month, June 26th to 28th, at uh, Loretta Lynn's Ranch. Unfortunately, we cannot ride the moto track, but we it is a full trail event. So there's a uh, kid's loop, a full you know regular loop and then a like a novice loop and then another loop so a lot of riding um they do a banquet saturday night they do a night ride friday night um it's a really cool event damon's coming uh bob lowry who used to be our sales our national sales managers come in and then also uh bob's friend steve who tests our off-road gear is coming so and a couple other reps are going to be there as well so it's going to be a really fun event so if you're near tennessee uh loretta lynn's Come on out, man! It's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. 
Where I think people... Yamaha is actually coming as well with some demos. So oh, sh- don't do that. Yeah. So <laughs> Steve, Steve must not get the email from uh, Jason Rains inviting him out. It must not have been in his contract. Right. Yeah. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> I'll stay off anybody's bike that's not mine from now on. Um, and I don't know, Connor. If I, I think yeah. I may have mentioned this in the beginning when I introduced you. So you were there the day I got hurt at Cycle Ranch, and uh, you you were one of the first ones to me. I think, well, along with Brian Fullerton from Acherbys. Yeah. So I uh, I was actually standing up by um, was standing with Damon, just talking to him, and then he starts looking around, and he's like, you know, where's Dark Side? And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like I haven't been watching or anything, but. Um, I heard them announce over the intercom that someone crashed <laughs> and they needed a medic on the, on the, whatever that, the vet track or whatever that track is called over there. The night the, track. The night track. Yeah. Yeah. So I like kind of started looking around and no one's really moving like in the pavilion area and no one was really moving. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm kind of like the big attraction part of this whole deal. Like we're all there together. So I started walking over there and then I saw Brian over there and we're like, wandering trying to figure out where someone was because damon said that you were on his bike so he come around the corner and there was another i don't i don't know who the other gentleman was but he used to be a firefighter i think and he was there helping you and then brian used to be a firefighter so they're both helping you and i was kind of just there um just because i've been hurt a lot i guess was my qualification so i went over there and um saw the bike and was I, i it took me a very long time to figure out what happened and how you got to where you were, um, <laughs> which I don't think anyone would have found out unless we had your GoPro, which we luckily got later. But <laughs> yes, I was willing to throw my. I think that's going to be something that Darkside never lives down. Yeah, Damon. No. Dam- every time I see Damon, he's like, "God, people still bring it up," and I was like, "I wish people would just let it die. Let it die." Yeah. But, yeah, I never will. Be something that no. could be five years from now. I'm not gonna bring it up. Yeah, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned. I, sorry, Steve, we're getting off the subject a little bit of the show. We will get back to it, but um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that I was demoing a pair of brand new Alpine Star boots that Connor, you had let me demo and took them to the hospital with me. Obviously, I was in the ambulance, and then Skippy had to pull them off my feet and bring them back to you. I thought I was going to get away <laughs> with a new pair of boots, but it didn't happen that way. Yeah, it was. Uh, we I think we were probably ten minutes away from me just just calling my upper management. And they're like, "Well, we lost a set of boots." Damn, ten minutes. That's all it would have taken. All right. Yeah, you could have been like Daniel Blair. Speaking of people on the show, Daniel Blair, you could have got those boots and then sold them. That's something Daniel would do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Hell there no. you go. I would have wore those Tech Tens. Were the new Tech Tens were awesome. I have a, uh, I have an older, the old model. You know, not not that older, like two years yeah. old, three years old. But the new ones were fantastic. Um, okay, let's get back to episode show 428. We, uh, yeah. I think, Justin, you mentioned his new relationship with Feld and Dave Prater came on. Actually, let me let me stop for a second. Something else that is new this week, and I think it first got mentioned on the Pulp Show. It might have been the review show. Steve or Steve and RC are best buds again. Uh, yeah. Let's go, I, Justin. I, I'm going to go to you first. Me. I'm going to go to you first, Justin. I don't remember if this – I didn't put it in my notes because I think he talked about first on the review show, but this is huge. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny because I was just watching the Swap Moto Live interview of Steve, and then he talked about that, how they – you know, Swap asked him, who do you got beef with? And he said, oh, me and RC aren't doing too good. And then now what is it a week later and him and RC are having private chat, as uh, JT said. So it's, uh, it's pretty funny that – 
these guys are now, you know, their buddies, and I don't know if they're texting or not, but they probably will. But right. I liked how JT JT said, um, you know, that Steve kind of like, well, I guess I win. Like that <laughs> seems like something kind of That's Steve would say, like, yeah, yeah, like, well, there we go. I yeah. <laughs> just gotta wait it out, and it'll all work out. <laughs> hey, no, no, they no. all come around, Pretty Connor. Funny. All we gotta wait now for is Jason Anderson. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up too. And the funny part is like what. Justin just brought that point up, and that's 100% stuff that he does. Oh, really? Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah, like myself a little bit when that, that happened. <laughs> Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, I won't give up. Connor hates it. Like, I will not give up. Like, I will I will stick to my bones until I get what I, what I, until I'm right. And Connor just gets fired up. He gets, he gets angry. So, so, so Justin is basically Steve, and uh, Connor is Jason Thomas. Yeah, I guess you could say that. All right, I like. Yeah, it. I think I have usually want to stab me after a conversation. <laughs> Resting dick face. Uh, okay, <laughs> Dave Prater and Fell, dude. Look, I uh, <clears throat> I don't know Dave. I know I've heard him. You know, on the show, he was on with Mewie a few weeks ago or a month ago. Um, I, when I think of my, my perception of who Dave Prater would be, not really knowing him, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be very corporate, and he was. But very businesslike. But he came on the show and instantly fell into joking with the guys, agreeing with JT that Steve would you know probably be one of the first ones kicked out, not not swap. Um, I really, Connor, I really thought Dave did a great job. He had a lot of good points, filling us in on what's going on with Feld and their thoughts and how they're uh, operating right now. Um, give me some thoughts on Dave and maybe what you took away from this interview. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I think I kind of expected the same as, as you did. Um, just sort of, I guess I didn't expect him to sort of fit in that well with all of these guys, especially with, uh, with like the dynamic with JT and, and Nick and all those guys being friends forever. Um, with how much shit that Steve has talked about all of the felt guys, like, I guess I didn't really expect that. And even the, the show before with, uh, I think Chuck Brennan was on, yeah. like, it was kind of fit in the same the same spot with that too with uh with both of them on there like they fit in really well and they were laughing about all the jokes and like it was all uh it, it just definitely plays into the whole vibe of, of everything there but uh yeah i think sort of the the capacity thing that they're running at like some of the points that they've had on the show was kind of cool just hearing like the backside of it and like why they didn't bring the tower and why they don't have certain things just because of like how many people need to do it and, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of realizing some of the things that like we don't get to see on TV watching the race or like you hear Steve talk about with some of the riders like that they're missing this piece or this piece of the actual races themselves. It's pretty cool like just to hear Trader's side of that and like kind of the reasoning behind it I guess. Absolutely. And Justin you, you mentioned uh, this note that uh, he that Prater talked about how they're operating at about 40%, uh, which, you know, when we watch it on TV or we watch the NBC Gold app and there's some some issues with the TV, I'm, I'm sure NBC's dealing with the same thing, but Prater kind of, you know, made us, you know, opened our eyes, at least my eyes a little bit to that, talking about, you know, hey, there's conduit and there's, there's electrical lines in the conduit, all these things under the dirt that have to be considered when we kind of complain that, oh, the track's not been changed or the track's not that much better. Uh, you know, he, he kind of really opened my eyes to things that, again, you don't always think about. And Steve is able to get these guys in to talk about and let us into the, their world a little bit. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, like, to hear that side of it. And, you know, so you can see kind of what the 
what goes into that because for us fans, it's like we just expect all this stuff. Like, you know, a couple of shows ago when people were complaining about refunds and asking Steve, hey, where's my refund for NBC Gold? Like, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into this, and, like, so many fans don't realize that they just think about why, why, why me? Like, you know, what can you do for me? And it's like you guys don't realize there's a lot to make this sport happen. And these guys are working their tails off to do it. So it was really cool to see Dave in there and to give his insight and, and talk about, like, hey, you know, we're trying our best. And we don't even have full staff, and we're bringing you guys super cross in this, in this pan- pandemic. So I think people need to uh, just be grateful we have racing right now. I totally agree. They also talked about, you know, how everybody's just on Twitter and Instagram giving Steve and JT and everybody so much crap about wearing the masks and having to wear the masks. And, and this goes back to one of like my rants in the past of just people being so negative on social media. Like, what does it really yeah. matter, right? I mean, it, it, as JT right. says, look, if this is what we have to do to go racing, then shut the hell up. Let's we're, we're going racing, right? We're doing what we have to do. Yeah. And uh, Prater kind of made the analogy of like, hey, I don't really like the fact that the speed limit is fifty five either, but it is. And so that was cool. Yeah, that was good. I like that one. Yeah. So and, and again that. You would think that would sit home or hit home with some of the the pulp fans or the people making these comments, but it won't register. They'll still complain. They're still going to give. Like, I guess they would rather JT and Steve be a rebel and say, all right, I'm not going to wear my mask. Or, hey, why don't we just go over here and interview Eli Tomac at the Kawasaki rig? And then they're not there anymore. Um, you know, it's like, I don't get the I don't really get where these fans or these keyboard warriors are bitching or complaining or making these negative comments because what's what's the alternative to not wearing the mask? We don't have Steve in the undisclosed location, and we don't get the show that we got. We may get a different show, but we, we're going to miss out on the this experience. And so, just yeah, shut the hell up. Um, Totally. And those masks are killing me right now. People want those masks so bad at my dealers. Oh, like, dude. Those are, those are limited editions. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about hitting JT up, but I, I knew I didn't rate high enough, so I just didn't bother. What I did, this is off topic again, what I did hit JT up about on, uh, where, where are we at? Wednesday, last night, I guess, during the race, Michael Mo- Moseman's, the gear he was wearing, and I guess all the Rockstar guys were wearing it, that color wave uh-huh. of, uh, I think it was light hydrogen, the the yeah. red and I guess kind of is gray camoy on the sleeves with the yellow Rockstar yeah. logo. I but yeah the evolution. Okay, it's the Evo gear. Okay, I love that colorway. Unfortunately, I don't like. I don't want Rockstar on my gear. But like, yeah. if you guys could try to get that same colorway in a couple years with the yellow accent, I'd be thrilled because that stuff is badass. Yeah, speaking of that, you should. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I actually have it pulled up on my computer right now. And in the 2021 stuff, uh, is, I see people I are going to freak out when they see it. Yeah, I keep hearing all the comments. You know, Daniel talking about it. And again, I don't rate quite that high as of yet. Maybe someday, but I yeah, I don't. The only time I got to see gear ahead of time would have been. See, we're in 20 now. I think the 18 line, maybe the 19 line. But I'm pretty sure it was the 18 line. I had a little bit of an in with a fly rep and they they gave me a sneak peek so that yeah. and since then i haven't had any luck so maybe uh maybe you can accidentally email me some stuff later justin but i won't tell um i uh, i don't know i think my email's broken Dr. okay but, fair enough uh, I, I don't want we'll you see. to get in trouble um <laughs> there is other, a cool red com- there is a red cool red color for 2021 i will say that oh good 
Good. Well, I'm sure yeah, I'll be ordering it. You know, as little as I ride, I have w- so much fly gear in my trailer, and I, I just look at it, and I get, like, there's probably eight or ten sets of gear from the last two years, and I get to ride like once a month, so it doesn't do me any good. But when the new stuff comes out, I'll be buying it. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny when JT mentioned that when he was growing up, with, and uh, he was no no go on show. Like, he just... It was functional. Frank had to have it be functional. Yeah, yeah. And now JT, he's even on the track, he's fitted, and then even off the track. That guy, you show up to a sales meeting, he's got the hair, the shoes, yeah, the yeah. shirt. Like, he, he looks good, I mean, all the time. Like, that dude's dialed. Right. It was, it was pretty funny to hear that he went from no show to just now all just everywhere he goes looking pristine. Yep, yep. Hey, and backing up, backing up, one thing I forgot to mention, Connor, with, uh, with the stories – was JT uh, talking about the the run in with with Chad Reed and then JT's dad talking smack on the line at Redbud? That one had me cracking up too because look, you, you know, I, I'm thinking, all right, if, if I'm lined up to next to Chad Reed, I'm a little uh, in awe. I'm probably gonna keep my mouth shut because he's Chad Reed and JT's dad didn't give a damn. Yeah, that was definitely funny. Like. It sounded like that was maybe before they kind of like had yes. their relationship and had been friends and stuff. Yes, so it was. It was funny to like to hear that and that JT still brings it up to him to this day and like and that his, that Frank got so mad about it that he <laughs> uh, just told JT on the line like yeah just kind of hard right just, yeah. Yeah, take this guy out. <laughs> uh, that was like, this whole show was one that just had. We've already said it, but we just laughed throughout the whole show. Um, so many great stories, and uh, this show is running a little long. Typically, it's an hour. It looks like it's going to go a little over that. Um, I do want to mention, guys, if you want to, if you have any comments or any input, you want to add any questions for Hello Pookie, hit me up at Darkside at Pulpamex. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. I don't. I, I haven't got any questions for Pookie in a while. Uh, I would like to get another session of recording some shows with her. So, please, if you got anything you want to hear her talk about, anything at all, any questions, any topics, really doesn't matter. Just hit me up, uh, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, another big topic. This thing got brought up multiple times during the night and some of the other pulp shows is uh, Jeremy Martin, you know, bailing out yeah. of the Supercross series because he's about to point out. Uh, a lot of good opinions on this throughout the night. Steve, you know, does not like the rule. Nobody really likes the rule, but it is the rule. The rule's broken. They are uh, pretty. They they were happy with the way Honda handled it, and they're, you know, being transparent. But Steve is very adamant about, hey, Jeremy should move up and bet on yourself, basically. And JT's like, hey, you, you like you don't really have the right to tell somebody to do with what they need, what's best for their career, um, Justin. We know this this uh, sport's pretty secretive, but Honda did it right this time at the very least. But you know, give me your thoughts on this topic and how the guys handled it. I thought it was cool that they got out and put it out there, and it just wasn't one of those things where he didn't show up and then you know Will Christian announced at the race. I thought that was cool that he was got out in front of it and said, "Hey, this is why I'm doing it. This is my goal." You know, a lot of people forget that he got hurt at Muddy Creek really bad, um, so. That I mean, that was a really bad injury, and then you know he didn't get to come back. When he thought he got to come back, he had to redo the surgery, so he's missed a lot of riding time. Yeah. So I think that was cool for him to do that, and you know, even Steve talked to Dave, and they talked about the rule and and whatnot, and I was like, man, just there's so much that goes into it that we don't even think about. And I think the other thing that was cool too was uh, Jeremy has a plan. Like you know, he's 
you know, JT even said a couple times, like, look at their taxes. You know, he's making these decisions for him. He's, you know, yeah. how many riders are riding past 30, 31, 32, and still have money? So I think he, I think Jeremy's trying to make it to where he can establish himself, get that money stacked, have a good career, and uh, also bring a title to Geico because Geico stuck with him. And you've seen it before, Dark Side, Connor. You've seen it too. These teams don't keep riders long if they're not performing. So for Geico to keep him and to, to go this journey with him, I think it's it's fair to both of them for Jeremy to perform and try to deliver them a title. Absolutely. And, Connor, a lot of this was talked about before Jeremy actually came on Monday night. But he did come on and was you know pretty open about it, You know, pretty honest. I, I thought he, he did a good job and said some of the things that Justin just said, like, hey, I feel like I owe basically Honda a championship, you know, and uh, he discussed his injury, and Anton had actually made the comment that, you know, with the back injury, he Anton kind of feels like he wiped the clay sling is how he put it, and he gets to start over, and Steve obviously doesn't agree. He feels like, hey, it's time to move up. You've been there a long time, um, but yeah, give me your thoughts, because I think Jeremy did a good job with how he handled his side of it and being pretty open. Yeah, totally. I think like, um, like you guys both said, like he handled it. They, him and Honda both handled it correctly, and like the bad injury and everything. Like he definitely owes it to him. And um, it struck me like just Jeremy's confidence that he had, like in he basically just knowing that he's going to win outdoors, especially for how good he's already riding now, um, compared to how good he was riding the year he got hurt and. and obviously how good he has felt when they were riding outdoors at Tomac's place. Like, he kind of knows that just the confidence that he has going into it, is, it was pretty cool um, on the other side of, like, him handling the whole Supercross thing. And um, I don't, I think they said it on the show, like, look at how Shane's year is turning out now mm-hmm. after he did this last year. Like, I mean, that could be Jeremy next year, and he could win a title, and then no one will remember this at all. Yeah, true. I mean, that's a good point. Um, I, you know, obviously we know the rules broken. All right, so I'm going to get your opinions. What? Uh, I'll go with you first, Connor. What do you think they should do? Should they go wide open? Uh, anybody can race. Anybody can move back down. Or do you think they should go 500 points? Uh, as Daniel Blair said, I think he said that on main event moto. Sorry about that. But um, you know, what what do you think the rule should be with the because the 250 class has been become has become more important the way they then steve doesn't like it that way but it has become more important with the way the the basically the the teams have made it right i mean it just they got a lot of money involved and they want these guys to be on tv and they want them to get the tv time so anyway as i was, what what's your fix yeah i mean i i think um i think jt was kind of talking about it um about the, the amount of jobs and like they've all talked about this before but mm-hmm. The amount of jobs that they are able to have and, and add with having the two coasts, um, I would I would like to see it as as it is on the outdoors. Like it's open and it's the same class, just because different people fit different bikes. Like I mean, Jeremy, yeah, he rode a 450 pretty good, but he's five two or whatever he is. Like he fits a, a 250 probably better. So I think having that having it open would give these guys a chance to market themselves even more and their teams to market them. And I think if they could find a way to find a happy medium of still keeping the jobs Mm -hmm. as well as keeping um, the series as one and making it a a bigger deal for them, I think it would kind of be a win for everything because everyone would get sort of what they need out of it. 
Yeah, uh, Justin, I'm going to change the question for you. Um, Steve's okay. opinion is, you know, move up to the 450 class, and, you know, if you want to make more money, get better. I want to get your thoughts yep. on that statement. Yeah, I was actually, that was going to be what I was going to say. It was Dave Prater, I think, made the point, or maybe it was Steve. You know, keep it. If these guys are good enough, then they will be, like, the you know, the best ways out the worst. So Dave said it, too, to where if these guys are good, then, these young kids coming up, they're saying make room for the young kids. If these young kids are good enough, they'll get their own ride. So um, I think Steve made a good point. That, you know, these guys need to be on 450s. A lot of people aren't going like, to like this comment, but I've said it before and I've said it time and time again, like I honestly think there should be one one class because, like, and Wasserman said it too, you don't go, you know, there's no regional basketball tournament, there's no regional baseball tournament. Like, these are the best riders in the world, and, I feel like if they're the best, they should be on the premier, you know, premier class or premier bike, which is a 450. Yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I agree. Get these guys, get as many good guys in the 450 as possible, and make that class as stacked as possible because that's what people want to see. That's why people come to the races because they want to see their favorite 450 rider. Um, so, so that's just my opinion, which it, it may be wrong, but I just that's my thought. Well, I, I want to ask you about like your thoughts on that. So if they did that, let's say they did that, made it one, you know, no East West, no regional. Then I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't think Pro Circuit would have quite as many guys, or you know, or you guy could you can't have because you got twice as many guys basically right now um so where mm-hmm. do those guys go then uh you know geico probably wouldn't be able to have i don't even know how many riders they have right now 10 or 12 it seems Five, like. i believe well yeah with the amateur probably more <laughs> yeah but i mean okay do they keep everybody do they keep the same team and just take everybody to the races and maybe they're already doing that now i get but it seems like it would cost more if they had to run everybody that they have east and west on one series i may be wrong yeah, my you know my thoughts were, and again, people not might not like to comment, but my thoughts were these teams are these semis are already going there. Yeah, so true. It's, why wouldn't you make a Geico four fifty team, a Pro Circuit four fifty team, and maybe it costs more to to make oh, these bikes, but a two a two fifty ain't cheap. You know what I mean? These yeah, factory two yeah. fifties aren't cheap. So if Pro Circuit had a four fifty team, Geico had a four fifty team, and you limit your you limit your two fifty team, so you do two two fifty if they do two keep 250s you do two 250 rides and two 450 rides and because the semis are already going there anyways you know what i mean so it's it's one of those things where these guys have the budget for good equipment but it's one of those things where i get it honda wants to sell motorcycles cali wants to sell motorcycles yeah. that's why they have a 250 and a 450 so it makes sense i get it it's just you know nascar gibbs and all these guys they got four five six cars on the, <laughs> on the track and I feel like that'd be the same thing for Honda. They can have two 250s and two 450s, or Pro Circuit two 250, two 450s. Wilson rode a 450, I think, a couple years ago, and or maybe it was a little bit longer than that. So Pro Circuit has done it before, where they gave guys 450 rides. Geico yeah, did for Wyndham, gave him a 450 ride. So I just feel that like just sucks for some of these top athletes not to get 450 rides because there's nothing open. But realistically, they could cut back on a 250 rider and then get one 450 rider. Well, that's an interesting thought. I, I don't think things will change, honestly, uh, much. They may change a rule here and there for a little while, and as Steve says, they'll adjust it to fit their needs, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, race yeah, Tech Ram. Said, I think he said the rule changed for a while. Yeah. Every, it's changed five three years, five times in three years or something like that. Right, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I know Steve, Steve loves the AMA. 
<laughs> they're fine. They're friends. All right, Race Tech Rant. Um, man, Steve Steve Connor is the mountain bike guru now. That's he is grinding, as he says, all the time. Um, and and he uh, he didn't like the the way these guys were doing the shuttle bobsled run. I guess is what they called it. Um, no training, no grinding. Uh, and Dave Janolfi says the suffering is the fun. Which, dude, I've never met Dave. Uh, I'm an ex-friend guy, beer. so all I'm going to say is that's insane. The the grind, the suffering is not fun. But go ahead, Connor. Yeah, um, I I get both parts of it. Like I think I get. Uh, I, I think JT was mentioning like that. Steve's on his journey. He's on his weight loss journey, and like the grind, like Janolfi said, like the grind is is the suffering is the the part of it that they like. Hmm. Um, I think for the guys that were that were shuttling the run that they said were um, the the two buddies from, from club, the Schmage Schmason and Schmalix Ray. Right. Um, they, uh, I, I get it too. Like if you're stuck in Salt Lake and you have nothing else really to do, I have some buddies that have rode that run this week and they said it's a super fun time. So I get both the parts of it. Like JT was saying, like they, they kind of are just there. Like what, the more are you going to gain on a on a Tuesday right before you race on a Wednesday? But um, I definitely saw his Steve's point of like you're not really doing much just by having fun. But yeah, uh, well, I mean, sometimes it's about having fun, Steve. I mean, you know, that's why we go ride our dirt bikes is to have fun. Uh, yep, Justin, and that's why we hang out with our buddies at the races and try to meet new people because it's fun. Uh, <laughs> Justin, uh, exactly. yeah, Daniel Blair and Jason Thomas didn't really agree with the, the the grind. The suffering is fun. I don't know if you're a mountain bike guy, but um, it's it's been fun over the last year or so. Uh, as Steve's gone e bike, you know, crazy and talks about grinding and coming down the hill and having uh, John T pass him and Johnny T pass him, and uh, he is a- eaten up with mountain bikes right now. Yeah, I uh, I texted you and asked Steve when the next or asked you when you think Steve's going to start the uh, Pulp Bicycle Show. Um, so it, it's cool to see him though. I mean, that dude's grinding. Like Connor will tell you, I'm not the uh, most athletic guy when it comes to training. Um, so it's I like the e-bike. I've ridden at Levo, um, but they it's I don't see how he enjoys the, the grind as he calls it, especially in Vegas in that hot heat. No you know, They're in Salt Lake with that elevation and. I'll tell you what, I've never been to Salt Lake, but I've been to Mammoth, and the elevation is not fun. You feel like you're going to die. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 definitely cool to see him grinding out and sticking to his routine. And, uh, you know, same with Dave. Like I, like you said, you never met Dave, but Dave is super fit. I watched him ride a uh, GNCC race at Loretta's, the GNCC e-bike race. Okay. And that guy is just, he's gnarly. Like, he, he's in some good shape for sure. Any rips on a dirt bike? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm not in good shape, and I don't rip. But uh, I, I have, I have a specialized mountain. Not, not an e-bike, but I just don't, dude. I'm in bad shape. I, I don't look like I'm in bad shape, but I try to go ride a mountain bike when I have time. And I'm not at elevation. I'm just in East Texas where it's humid as shit. But I feel like I'm going to die every time I go do it. Like I, I've thought, you know, my mind, like, oh, if I'd gotten to go to, you know, Utah gotten the invite it'd be cool to be hanging out with these guys but there's not a chance in hell i'd go ride mountain bikes with them because i'd be embarrassed yeah that, that, i would definitely 
steer far from it. Yeah, uh, have, it'd be cool to go, but I would. Uh, I don't know about every day. Like he's making it sound like he's doing. No, they they wouldn't want to ride with me because I would be so far behind. So it just yeah, it wouldn't be worth my time. Um, all right, Connor. Yeah, I like how JT was giving him crap. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's always that's one of the best parts of the show, right? Was <laughs> those guys just butt heads all the time, but it's like brothers. It's great. Um, yeah. All right, so we, I mentioned Dave Janoffi and, of course, Daniel Blair. Um, Connor, Daniel is laughing at the J-Mart situation uh, about Steve saying he's too old, needs to move up, you know, the age thing, because he said him and Janoffi were old guys beating up on the kids when they won their Arena Cross championships. And uh, the funniest thing he said was that we saved dads hundreds of thousands of dollars beating up on their kids. Uh, that, that one was good. Yeah, yeah it's always funny, like, Hearing Daniel tell that story on Pulp and and uh, just how him and Janolfi, I didn't know the the other side of it with Janolfi racing the other coast. Like I didn't learn that until this show. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it was funny how Daniel words that that he saved everyone hundreds of thousands of dollars just by beating their kids all the time. Yeah, yeah. So Daniel's always he's pretty quick witted like Nick Way too. He's usually got a good something to get a good laugh out of, and uh, even though. Steve always says he's never heard of Schmain event. Schmain, I can't even do that shit. Main event moto. <laughs> yeah, I can't. My mind doesn't think quick enough. Uh, but uh, Daniel's always great, and he's he's been spending a lot of time helping Steve out while he's up there also. Um, so did you guys go check out the Nicoletti crash that they talked about? Because I had never seen that before, but I checked it out. No, I need, I'm need. i on my computer right now. I should probably type it in and Ooh. check it out. I, I'm sure you've seen it, Justin. I've I've seen that video. I think I saw it probably when it happened. Yeah. Uh, like around that era or whatever, and that was, yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah. I didn't know that was Nicoletti for the longest time until one of the Pulp shows when he was on. I think they were all talking about it. Yeah, it was pretty scary so yeah if you guys go check out go just search out nick phil nicoletti crash it was the first one that came up when i typed that in um a couple more funny moments we're going to wrap this thing up uh real quick i want to thank our sponsors again obviously guts racing uh michelin bicycle tires and motorsport.com as well as all the pulpamex sponsors just go to pulpamexshow.com click on the sponsor tab all the sponsors are there most of the sponsors are there there's a few that aren't on there right now, but if you uh, if there's anybody that supports Pulp and you hear them talking about it, just email contact at pulpmexshow.com and Steve, if he can get you a, a discount or a discount code, he will. He's very good about helping out with stuff like that. Um, JT, once Weeds left, JT became the spotter for Supercross, and hearing him, the stories of him, uh, you know, there I guess Bondo, I think it was, or somebody was telling him, hey, where's John Short? Find John Short. And he's like, John Short's not out there. And come to find out, Chase Marquier had the transponder that John Short was supposed to have or something along those lines. Uh, but I can picture JT up there doing the spotting while dealing with his fantasy picks that are making him lose his mind and trying to juggle that, Justin. Yeah, I, I could like I could see JT wanting to scream and say, he's not out there, but he's working for these guys. So yeah. it's like you got to be professional. But um it's one of those things where, you know, Anton made a point. He's like, only in Supercross. So I thought that was pretty funny, too. Like, it, it, it does happen. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy how dysfunctional – I wouldn't say dysfunctional, but how our, a lot of things slip through the cracks on a big corporation like it does with Supercross. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, it makes me wonder if things like this do happen in, say, NASCAR, right? But it's so much bigger, and there's so many more people. Maybe we just don't hear about it. You know, we're not, at least me, I'm not listening to podcasts about NASCAR. Maybe these same stories are out there in the NASCAR world, you know? I mean, who knows? I yeah. mean, can you imagine, is there is there a Phil Nicoletti behind a, a NASCAR, you know, steering wheel? A guy that, oh, it's too hot, the race is too long, you know I mean? <laughs> who knows? I hope so. Yeah. They, I'm sure they have their characters, right? I mean, Tony Stewart, when he was doing it, he was a character. Uh, the guy was aggressive. And so I, I bet similar things go on. It's just we, at least I, I certainly don't hear about it, but I, I love being a part of a sport that is kind of niche and small. I don't really care that much. I mean, if it ever blows up, I, I, like, I like it the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a few things. Until we get outside sponsors, our sport will always be kind of yeah. niche. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'd love for all these guys to make more money. I think they deserve to make more money. So I, I definitely, that side of it, I'd love to have. But I don't really care if my next-door neighbor can't wait to watch the race this weekend. I just, I don't, I don't care. I mean, maybe if, if the guy wanted to start riding, if it got him into that, that's different. But, you know, not everybody that watches NASCAR races cars at dirt track on Saturday night. I, I just don't care if... Everybody watches it. My buddies at work watch Supercross. I don't care. As long as my race buddies do, I'm good. I'm happy with it. Um, maybe that's a crappy opinion, but that's how I feel. Um, <laughs> hey, real quick, let's let's talk about some of your guys' pulp history real quick. Uh, Connor, favorite co-host of all time? Ooh, all time. Um, I Honestly, I really like AC. When AC is on, like, I, know, I think he co-hosted before – um, he's been in studio like from Vegas or something, mm-hmm. but like show 400 with AC on, um, that guy's just a, a super smart, intelligent dude. Like he thinks of everything. Um, and he's really witty and funny too. And I think like, kind of like we've talked about with this whole show, like the, their dynamic and the vibe, like Steve and AC's vibe is, is always super cool and funny and relaxed. And I think that's sort of why, um, that draws me to, to like, take AC for that. Yeah. So, okay, you just mentioned that, how relaxed he is with Steve, and and we see that with quite a few riders. Uh, You know, there's a lot of them that have a friendship bond with Steve. Why do you think that is? What, you know, again, with other, we take other sports, you know, I don't know that, uh, say, you know, a, a superstar quarterback for an NFL team is that open and friendly with, you know, a, a, whoever a media guy that comes in you know it's just steve seems to be able to break these guys down or you know open get them opened up and comfortable with him what do you think it is that does that because steve can be kind of a negative guy right but he he does his job in an amazing in a a very a great way yeah i don't i don't know if there's anything like you can directly point your finger to because there's definitely a big difference between like steve or steve's relationships with um, a lot of the riders compared to like, even if, if you take Swap or Anton, like they have a couple guys, like one or two, but Steve seems to have like, there's a group of probably 10 guys that he has a super good, like solid for actual friendship with rather than just like on the racing side. So I don't know if it's, it's probably a mixture of a lot of things. Like I think he's a straight shooter, whether it's negative or not, I think he's going to tell you his opinion and, True. um, Steve, I think you're going to get it from him regardless. So I think having that um, definitely makes some of these guys more comfortable. Like they can go to him and ask, like, 
hey, what do you think about this? And they know it's not going to be just like a kind of political or politically correct answer. Like Steve's going to shoot him straight and tell them exactly what he thinks or his thoughts on the whole deal. Yeah, well, we saw that with the Jeremy Martin interview. Jeremy comes on his show, and Steve's like, hey, I don't like that you're doing this. You know, I I don't like it. Uh, You know, I understand it's within the rules, but I don't don't think you should be doing this. Uh, You know, and and Jeremy handles it well, you know, and, and that's probably the reason or a big part of the reason why some of these guys in the past, whether it be Martin Davalos or Justin Barsha and currently Jason Anderson, don't want to deal with Steve or haven't wanted to deal with Steve is because of those things. But in the end, they seem to all come around. So, yeah, that's, that's a good point, Connor. Um, yeah. I mean, look at look at Davalos and, and yeah. Barsha's relationship with yep. Steve now. It's better than some of the other guys that he, like, goes on e-bike rides with and all that. So, <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the new trainer for uh, Factory Honda. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin, how about you, man? Favorite co-host? Uh, co-host would probably have to be, uh, I would say probably RV or, or Daniel, just because those guys, they, they bring it and they're, they like to have fun. They pick at Steve and Daniel's got a lot of insight. RV's just, I mean, just RV's RV. Um, it sounds cliche, but that 400 show, I think is going to be hard to beat. Um, Steve. and I'll go back to Nick Way. Uh, you know, those, I would say probably Nick Way would be another one for me as far as a co-host. And then, uh. I really like when Dave Bowman's on too. Oh, like, I do he's too. the same as Steve. They they don't Dave or Bowman tells you how it is. Like he'll call you like he'll just straight up say that's stupid or yep. or whatever. Like, you know, his drop of eat breathe shit motocross, like it's <laughs> that thing cracks me up every time I hear it. Yeah. He was actually supposed to be so. in studio and Steve may have mentioned this like a week or two after the whole whole COVID thing started really taking off and yeah. and then D V didn't want to make the trip, I believe is what went down. Um but I was yeah, I was kind of bummed on that because I do like DV. How about like guys that haven't been in a, in a while? I actually asked Steve recently about Eddie Ray. Like uh, we haven't heard from Eddie Ray in a while, and and there's some other other guys too that just kind of have disappeared. Kenny Watson hasn't made it in in a while. Um, I think Kenny's still mm-hmm. struggling with some things. But um, anybody that you just still for you, Justin. Anybody that you kind of would like to hear come back on, or maybe somebody that's never been on, and you'd like to hear on. Um, that'd be tough. Uh, like I, like I said, the, yeah, I didn't give you a heads I've up only on this. for a couple of years. Um, but I would say probably, you know, I, I, I don't know how many times Mitch has been on or if Mitch has ever been in studio. I don't think so. But but I, they talked about it. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. To, I know Mitch has been on, but I don't think he's ever been in studio. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what Mitch I, mean. in studio, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Um, maybe he could clean Steve's you know, just house. Anybody that's been in the industry for a long time that just can <laughs> just give us some cool insider or stories. Like it's always fun to hear those bench racing stories. Yeah, if he could get uh, if he could get Mitch and Troy Lee, let's say in studio, whew, that'd be a barn burner. Yeah. yeah, like that'd be a good one. All right, Connor. Same question for you. Anybody that you've kind of missed being on or would like to see on in studio that's never been? Um, I was just kind of thinking about that while you guys were talking, and I think. Uh, I think Zacco would be really good in studio. Like, yeah, he, he had his podcast for a while, which I really like. Um, and I, I don't know if he was just taking the racing stuff or, like, it was taking up too much time from his racing or what the deal was why he stopped doing that. But um, I think, I mean, Zach has that relationship like KC does with Steve. Like, I think it'd be a good um, – him, like, sitting in the studio, co-hosting the whole thing. I think mm-hmm. that would be a really good, really good show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's good. Um, and no, with shifting gears, it was it was sort of interfering with how with how much time it took because um, he was doing it at the races, I think, um, on Fridays. 
and he was yeah. struggling to get, as we all do, Steve knows about, he's talked about this, getting the riders to commit, and at times would change, and they would struggle, and uh, yeah, I think it became too too difficult, too stressful, so he decided to step away. He he did tell me that he may do them again at some point, but right now he's got to focus on racing and all that. So, um, all right, uh, let's see here. How about a couple more topics, Connor? You mentioned uh, they sort of jokingly were talking, okay, the West Coast is coming back, no no fans in the crowd. Who's what about you know booing the booing of Dylan, getting the cardboard fans to boo Dylan? Maybe uh, having David Villeman at the top of the stadium yelling, "You're too slow in the corner. You suck." Yeah, that whole I'm thing. Button, I'm um, depressed. I think that was right at like the beginning of the show too. Was, that, yeah. that was making me that was making me laugh just because like I was in San Diego and I was at most of these rounds and like in the pits when we were doing our activation setups outside with Alpine stars and like just hearing the roaring boos over the motorcycles and over the PA system and all of that. Like it was just kind of picturing that all happening and like seeing some of the pictures that we've seen from the stands when there's no one in there, yeah. or like the WPS fan zone with like a bunch of cardboard cutouts of people and like just imagining DV sitting at the top of the stands, just booing by himself. Like this, <laughs> just the, those pictures actually being potential like things to happen is I think kind of what made me laugh the most with that. Yeah, poor Dylan. Uh, just <laughs> Justin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same same topic, man. Uh, just classic jokes, you know, inside or jokes coming from the Pulp Show. Uh, yeah, totally. The other thing I forgot to say too, another cool guest would be uh, Big B from Factory Cali. That guy. Okay. Like he'd be a really good interview. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just, it's funny how they pointed to that fact of that was back in February and they made the point to like, everybody's forgot about that. Well, not everybody, but it's one of those things to where that would, that's not even a thing anymore because it happened so long ago and we yeah. almost forgot about it. But you know, yesterday's race when McAdoo hit him, <laughs> I was just, the first thought to my mind was like that crowd would have went nuts if there was a crowd oh yeah did you hear i guess you guys heard you i'm sure you listened to the interviews with what christian said about it yeah Yeah, he's like it wasn't me but yeah you know so his his smile too when he smiled after he said that yeah "Yeah, it wasn't me that hit him and he just kind of smirked so good so i'll give you guys a little inside stuff and steve wasn't in on this but they uh uh, this is uh, we're recording this on thursday evening the night after salt lake city four um and we just did a media scrum is what they call it, basically like a press conference. Uh, it was at 5 o'clock my time, Central, so it was right before we recorded this. And Christian Craig was in there and a number of other 250 riders, Michael Moseman, uh, Justin Cooper. Steve wasn't involved in this one, but Daniel kind of was asking Christian some questions. And in the beginning, and Christian was joking about, yeah, he was, you know, despite no fans and it being quiet, and he's like, yeah, I had to kind of, talk to McAdoo a little bit about some stuff and, and Stan's like, well, what'd you guys talk about? And Christian just kind of smiled. It was like, uh, stuff that happened. And he, he was basically referring to McAdoo taking out Dylan and Christian had this little mischievous <laughs> smile on his face. Like, yeah, I saw that. So he didn't really go into any details, but it was, and I yeah. would assume that the audio from that, or maybe even the video will be up on the YouTube, Feld's YouTube or however they post that later on. But it was it was pretty funny. So it definitely was something that Christian, he, you know, he, he said during the race that, hey, I don't really have a problem anymore. 
So <laughs> there's still a little right. touch of that there. That was funny. But, hey, last topic. Oh, yeah. Last thing I want to get into was a a sort of a secondary rant that Steve had. And, um, Justin, you mentioned this in your notes about Steve being kind of needy at the races. Like, oh, there's no food. There's no drink. Uh, you know, complaining. And Anton's like, well, I, br- I bring my own water. Steve says, well, I like cold water. <laughs> so, yeah, so, Connor can attest to this. I'm real needy. Okay, so Connor, yeah. I'm going to go with you first. And, uh, this is just absolutely stereotypical Steve Mathis, you know, which I don't, I don't blame him. I'm sure he's, it's, it gets hot, you get thirsty, but still, it's typical Steve. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I get. I get that it's probably an inconvenience, but like JT was saying, like, you just walk to Chipotle or, like, I mean, they're there for however many days. Like, you can go to the grocery store, and, I mean, you can get it. They're in a press box by themselves. Like, you can get a gallon of water and keep it there, and it'll be cold, or get some water bottles or bring a little cooler up there with you. Like, especially if they're sitting up there all day, um, you definitely can, can be prepared for that. I mean, we all know we drive around, we go to the track, you bring your stuff with you. Like, it's pretty easy, and... Um, yes, Justin is. I know exactly why he wrote this on his notes because he is the exact same person. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I can't. I've got to do the media thing a number of times at races now. It's pretty damn convenient to be able to walk to the factory Kawasaki rig and just go get a bottle of water or a Coke or whatever. Some of them they'll put snacks out and just grab those, and you get a little bit used to it. You get a little pampered. I, I I'm actually not. I don't totally disagree with Steve. Now, if I was in the situation and knew I couldn't go do that, yes, I would come prepared. But yeah. it's still, Justin, it's funny, dude. I mean, it's... Yeah, I like it. You can't not laugh at this shit. <laughs> I liked it. I was like, dude, that's awesome. I was like, I thought I was needy, but, dude, that was cool. Like, uh, you know, and then, you know, he said he filmed inside the rig doing the coffee, and Anton was like, what? Like, why would you do that? Are you stupid? Like, <laughs> but, you know, Steve, he's... Like Connor said, he don't care. He just does what he does, and you just look at yourself and say, "Well, that's Steve." Yeah, well, even um, you know, this made me think of another. It's sort of along the same topic, but it was brought up at a different time uh, when Steve was talking about Swap getting kicked out and everything, and you know, and and getting in trouble or whatever. And JT made the comment that Steve's the guy that he'd get in trouble, but he'll still fire right back. Like, yeah, you did this or this happened or or what? Like, he's not. He's not afraid to uh, say, okay, yeah, I got in trouble, but guess, you know, I still have this opinion. I'm still going to uh, – I'm going to fan these flames anyway. I don't care that I'm the one on fire. I'm going to fan the flames. <laughs> yeah, that's like the RT thing where the will do something. Make up. And I'll... Hey, let Justin, Justin, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. Uh, yeah, Connor will attest I'm the same way. Like, Connor will say something and be like, dude, why did you do that? Or you did that wrong. I'm like, no, dude, like, that's how it's supposed to be. Like, don't tell me. Like, go fix it. Like, yeah. you're the dumbass who did it first. Or, like, no, you're the dumbass. I'm going over here. You fix it. <laughs> go ahead, Connor. I, even though I might have been wrong, I'm not going to let him know that I was wrong. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's Steve for sure. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, uh, like, how they – how we were all talking about like the thing with RCs, like so that means I won, right? Yeah. Like kind of along the same lines, like with this. He's like, yeah, but you did this. Yeah, I get like, that. After he gets in yeah. trouble, yeah. I, I I I get that. That's that. I've got a little bit of that in me too. So, um, you know, the the always wanting to be right and the competitive side, and even when yeah, when you're wrong, uh, I'm actually I, I I shouldn't say that. I'm pretty good about admitting when I'm wrong, but. Um, but yeah, Steve, man, Steve will will fight for his point even when he knows he's wrong. We all know that, but we love it. It's entertaining. 
Uh, I mean, we always look forward to these rants, whether it's the race tech rant or just any random rant, doesn't matter. Um, guys, okay, so we're going to wrap this up for episode 428. We're, uh, we're about an hour and 24 minutes in right now. Um, had a lot of fun. Real quick, Justin, where can people go to find more details out about the WPS event at Loretta Lens? Um, they can go to the mtdr.org website. Say it again. Um, or they can message mtdr, okay. uh, middle Tennessee dirt riders.org, or they can message me on Instagram at triple J five, three, three, and I can give the details as well. Um, so we're really excited to uh, have that here in, uh, at Loretta's in a couple weeks. Yeah. And once again, I know you guys, if you guys have been listening, you're still with us. If you want a fly kinetic mesh Jersey, which this is the new Jersey, the new, the new mesh that just came out, uh, like, yep. like a month or two ago, the stuff is fully vented. It's badass gear. I actually don't even have any of the the mesh this year, but it's great gear with your name and number for free. All you got to do is post for free. For free. All you got to do is post a picture on Instagram, tag myself at darkside MX three, uh, put the show, uh, show number show four twenty eight wrap up show in your notes. And in a week, I guess, well, actually a week and a half, we said, right? Next, well, no, a week. Yeah, we'll do next Friday. Yeah, next Friday we'll pick a winner. Um, And I'm not eligible as usual. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, Dylan, I know you're listening. Get in on this, dude. Get in on this, bro. No Tomac 3 for you, Dylan. Sorry, Dylan Dylan doesn't even have an Instagram, though. He's got a Twitter. But, hey, you're going to have to start an Instagram. I'm I'm not accepting Twitter votes. This is Instagram. So yeah, we want we want people to come listen to the show. Um, yeah, what, one quick question I'll ask for you, Dark Side, maybe Connor can answer too. Do you think we see a Steve, or do you think we see a check from Steve to Daniel Blair since he's been on every show? I feel like he's like a Utah co-host now. No, he needs to get paid. Daniel needs to get paid. Steve, no, Steve, say hey, you you were already here. No way, Steve pays him. Go ahead, Connor. <laughs> I agree. I don't think I I would like that for Daniel. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. He's also going to say he has he has spelled money and doesn't need it and blah, right. blah, blah. And I'm not saying this because, like, Steve's cheap or anything. Hell, Steve pays me to do this. I just I don't think this situation warrants Steve paying anybody. Um, but, hey, you never know. Steve. Uh, Steve's pretty – Steve likes giving money away. That is true. All right, guys, if you don't have anything else – well, I guess first, Connor, you got anything else, any more thoughts, anything else you want to say about the show? Uh, no, I think that wraps it up. We definitely got into uh, pretty much all of it, but I, all the good points. Yeah. Justin, anything? No, this is really fun. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, I definitely want to get you guys on again. Uh, I think this is a, you guys were a good combo, and I know again Brian Fullerton from Acherbies hit me up today. He's kind of pouting because he hasn't been on in a while. So <laughs> we'll we'll fully we'll get you in, buddy. I appreciate you. We love Acher- you, Brian. Yeah, we love you, Brian. Brian, thanks for saving my life. Um, Anyway, all right, so once again, thanks to Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Motorsport.com. Thank you to Fly Racing, Race Tech, everybody else's Guts, uh, let's see, who else? X-Brand Goggles, not a sponsor of the, pul- uh, the wrap-up show, but a sponsor of Pulp and a sponsor of myself, and I am a X-Brand rep here in East Texas. So, again, all the sponsors that support Pulp MX, thanks to the listeners. Dark Side at Pulp MX, if you if you have anything to say. Other than that, it's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Darkside. See ya. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show?